the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, so this is one of those stories that you could read the headline and think something differently. Because like I said earlier in the conversation with uh, with Bruce and uh, at the top of the show, is the fact that uh, you got to look deeper. you got to look at context. you got to look at what the missing information could possibly be. And the headline says, uh, this is one. This one's from Newsweek, it says, McDonald's faces boycott for giving Israeli soldiers free food. So you look at this, you look at the story, and you say, oh, okay, well, this seems like McDonald's corporate is giving Israeli soldiers free food. Let's all go out and get a Big Mac for lunch. Kind of, sort of, it's not necessarily the actual truth. Uh, it's a franchise group of McDonald's. So in a series of Instagram posts, the article says, uh, McDonald's Israel says it was donating thousands of free meals to the Israel Defense Forces IDF soldiers as well as hospitals. So one of the posts said, uh, update, that already yesterday, this is a translated post, so it's not going to be like totally like grammatically all there. Update, that already yesterday we donated 4,000 meals to hospitals and military units. We intend to donate thousands of meals every day to soldiers in the field and in drafting areas. And this is beyond a discount to soldiers uh, coming to restaurants. We opened five restaurants that were uh, uh, open only for this purpose to uh, to serve soldiers. So that uh, that is great uh, that uh, McDonald's Israel is doing that. And uh, in response, you have other uh, Arab-owned franchises and you know Palestinian-owned McDonald's franchises who are actually uh, giving food and and money as well. But uh, as I was looking into this uh, story of a uh, McDonald's franchise group in Israel giving Israeli soldiers free food, um, they've given uh, over 12,000 free meals. And, of course, that includes a a 50% uh, discount as well uh, in their their restaurants as this conflict goes on. So you can see how you would look at an article like this and be like, wow, you know, McDonald's is giving. But hang on. Like, I don't know how many corporate-owned McDonald's restaurants there are. But if you look at the at the at the article, you could you could think that, you know, but there's a lot of a lot of franchise owned, you know, restaurants where local folks, of course, own it, too. And so I think it's important that uh, you don't just read the headline. If you're going to comment on something, you actually, uh, you know, got to look a a little bit uh, a little bit deeper. So it's great. And uh, I think it's uh, interesting to see how you have the other uh, the other side, shall we say, uh, giving uh, free food in there, too. So you just have these uh, American companies, these uh these uh, icons of pop culture, if you will, uh, getting kind of uh, in the middle of this conflict. And it's uh, fascinating to see. And we'll see if uh, McDonald's corporate responds. According to the article from Newsweek, uh, they have not responded. Um, I saw this article, though. I thought this was interesting. Um, and, and you know, I you look at, you know, fundraising totals. You look at, uh, oh, this polling here, this polling there. Like, you know what? Like, it can give you some idea some level of metric it can give you you know some thought of like okay 
you know, it might uh, be people might be feeling this way or that way. So I guess when I think about polls or the way that I view polls and I want to kind of want to say this to kind of set up, you know, my, my my thoughts on on what I'm about to say in the next couple of stories is the fact that, you know, polls can give you some idea of trends, but are they the end all be all? Eh, not really. No. You know, because you've got organizations who are admittedly liberal doing these polls and they will get certain results and things. And so I think that with any news media, with any with any sort of uh, popular media that you're consuming, you have to go and make sure that you are dealing with it with a, a healthy level of skepticism uh, and 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 thought and and um, just uh, just thought. I think that <laughs> I think our world would be. A much better place if uh, more people used a great deal of thought in their daily lives. Uh, so uh, there's a couple of things here. Uh, I found this article on the Hill during the break that talked about, uh, again, like this will give you some polls and like, oh, this is some kind of forecasting. So take this with a grain of salt. But interesting to see as we look at uh, the Senate, uh, Senate rankings. The article says uh, the top five seats most likely to flip, at least at this point, because we know, of course, politically speaking, things can completely change on a dime. Uh, West Virginia. We'll see what happens with uh, the Joe Manchin seat. That's one of the seats that could flip. Then you have got uh, Montana. Their Senator Joe Tester, a Democrat, of course, waiting for a GOP challenger. Then we have Ohio. The article says that Sherrod Brown, quote, is gearing up for what is expected to be the toughest contest of his career. So we'll see. Because Ohio, of course, uh, is a very red state. And that, of course, you know, again, will be tested uh, as it comes to the November election with issue one, issue two and other things as well. Because there's there's a lot of local issues on the ballot, too. And and, and I think that uh, it's important you, you know, obviously remain informed about that and, uh, and know what's going on and, and get involved in your local communities. Go to city council meetings and things like that. So we've got, um, um, you know, three folks so far that we've seen in this article about uh, the five Senate seats most likely to flip. We've got, of course, West Virginia, Montana, Ohio, and two more. We've got Arizona and Pennsylvania. Interesting. That's a pretty pretty solid uh, Democrat stronghold. So some things to watch in terms of the Senate race as well. Other things to watch is uh, what is being called the mounting debt that is threatening the the Mike Pence campaign. And let me say this about Mike Pence. Great guy. Loves the Lord. But somebody that's and, – and this is hard. When you look at any type of – and this ties into what I said earlier about being emotionally manipulated. You don't, you don't want to feel it. You want to be very suspect – when you see any kind of you know emotional manipulation happening, whether it be in advertising or otherwise, th- there is something about Mike Pence that is uninspiring. It's just, it's Mike Pence reminds me. All those good things aside that I just said, Mike Pence reminds me of a bowl of vanilla ice cream. Maybe your main course is cheese pizza and you're having a glass of Sprite. There's some substance there, and it's not necessarily bad. It probably tastes pretty good, but it's not really that exciting. But then here comes in the other side of my brain that's like, you know, um, 
you don't always want to feel like, oh, like fired up by somebody and charged. And you got to be wary of of anybody who's like I keep saying, you know, trying to emotionally manipulate or make you feel a certain way. And so I think it's it's good to a certain extent to feel charged up or amped up by somebody. And on the other hand, you you, you don't want, always want to feel that. You want to feel inspired to to take action. So I guess, I guess it's the emotion. What 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 do they make you feel? It's not the end all be all, but it's certainly an important thing if you're going to look at a candidate. How do they how do they how do they make you feel? What what do they what do they make you feel when you leave? Do they make you feel when when you leave their speech or whatever? Do they make you feel angry? Do they make you feel sad or inspired or just like you're ready to do something good or run out on the street and ride or whatever? So I think that's that's part of the equation. So it's a it's a lot of moderation. Like it's good. Like if somebody leaves you like flatline like a corpse, like you don't feel great. Like okay, whatever. I don't feel anything there. That's that's kind of how I feel like with with Mike Pence. It's like he's saying good things, but it's like I'm not getting excited. Come on, man. It's like it's like when. It's it's you you want to see a passion and a, I guess that's it that's that's the word I'm kind of kind of fishing for as we're talking here on ninety nine the answer by the way it's Vince tornado in for and for Bruce Hooley I'll be with you tomorrow but passion you gotta you gotta feel some excitement with somebody and if you don't feel that with a candidate I think it should raise raise some level of alarm and I think it is with with other people. So uh, Mike Pence the campaign uh, raised uh, just over three million dollars in the third quarter. And uh, right now they have a little bit over $1 million in cash on hand. But where the concern is with the Mike Pence campaign is that they have over half a million dollars in debt, $620,000. Mike Pence himself uh, chipped in uh, $150,000 in his own money. And the reason why this is concerning for the campaign is the fact that uh, Scott Walker, eight years ago, the uh, former Wisconsin governor, when he was running, Around this same time, he had just under a million in the bank and $161,000 in debt at the time that he decided to quit the campaign. So uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes with Mike Pence and uh, and and how that deals with his campaign. But of course, we've got other fundraising totals and uh, great things as well, including the pastor who decided to use AI for his church services. What was his response? Got more on that. It's tornado in for Bruce Hooley. 98.9 The Answer. Ten minutes before the top of the hour, a.k.a. 1 o'clock, it's Vince Tornado in for Bruce Hooley. The Biden campaign raising $71 million in the latest quarterly haul. And this is a uh, Reuters article. And it looks like, uh, well, you got uh, a decent little haul with uh, President Trump. Earlier this month, uh, they said uh, they got $45.5 million. Ron DeSantis, surprising. I thought, honestly, everybody's like, well, I thought he would do better. Well, uh, he's not doing too bad in terms of the money game. Uh, $15 million. So, I mean, that's a third of what Trump did during that time. But, uh, you know, it's at least uh, interesting to see how the money is shaken out. So, uh, Biden, 71 mil. Trump, 45. DeSantis uh, at uh, 15. Uh, and we'll look for the uh, next debate coming up here in a few weeks. But really, these debates, honestly, um, I just, as a kid, I always hated the word inevitable. But I feel like there is a time and a place to have the word inevitability used. I still hate it. I, I still don't like it. And I feel like 
everybody on stage, with the exception of like maybe Mike Pence and Chris Christie and maybe a few others, feels like there's a few of them who are running to be Trump's running mate. And that's really kind of what these debates are for. My optimist side says, yeah, you know, these are good. There's a good exchange of ideas. But at the same time, it's just a lot of shouting and just ridiculous, you know, public theater. But at least at the, at the very least, these debates can be entertaining, uh, informative, but also encouraging, too, because there's good people out there uh, who uh, have good ideas and they're and they're still fighting out there. And I think that's one of the encouraging things that I walk away from from the uh, conversation in the uh, last hour with uh, Mark Harrington from Created Equal. They are doing a lot. Lots of folks are doing a lot for issue one to to defeat this abortion amendment that's on the ballot here in just about uh, three weeks. And I think uh, that's that's something that uh, we need to hold on to but not rest in because we need to make sure that we always do uh, take action when the time is appropriate. So give, take action, do something, uh, and, uh, and and never sit down and be uh, trapped by fear. That's It's kind of been a theme, I would say, at least in uh, my heart and mind over the past uh, you know week or so, but uh, I would say just in general, um, as I've been, you know, more serious and more uh, thought out um, uh, in terms of you know reading my Bible and, and deepening my relationship with Christ. But uh, not sure where that came from. But uh, again, uh, it's Vince Tornado in for uh, Bruce Hooley here on 98.9 The Answer, talking about uh, some of the uh, the money haul that we have, and, and this ties into what I said earlier. You know where you know you can look at uh, you know where things are of. Oh, this is what this happened right now. Does that you know really bode well for the future? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but it does feel like we're on kind of a slow, inevitable slide to go and uh, just okay. Trump's the nominee. Who's the running mate? I think that's the most exciting thing. Is like who who could could the running mate be? But I at least enjoy the debates because there are people out there who are uh, talking about uh, good ideas, and it is it is uh, you know very much. And uh, an encouraging thing. So this story was interesting. I found this one out of Austin, Texas, and uh, it's a Methodist church. The guy's name is uh, Jay Cooper. He's a pastor. And if you're not familiar, you should be at least aware of uh, the technology called uh, like Chat GPT. It's artificial intelligence. There's some good things. AI is not is not all bad. It's certainly not all good. But this pastor in this Texas uh, Texas church uh, decided to uh, create a worship service based on AI, on artificial intelligence. He said it was kind of twofold. Um, one, I mean, really, I believe if it's happening in the world, people need to be very aware of it, not just a loose understanding, but to see it in action, to be able to speak about it intelligently, because a lot of ethical concerns are going to be coming up here soon. They're, they're already here, brother. And so to address these things head on, uh, does this have any role in a church at all? So an interesting experiment And I know there's a lot of things that could be said about this where it did happen. And I do think that, uh, you know, there are people who let's have a the the Bible rewritten by AI and all these things. And and with that being said and with seeing this article, it's like, yeah, I mean, you you do want to make sure that you are rooted in the truth. You are you are aware of these things because uh, it does seem like it becomes harder and harder to, um, you know, wait, hang on a second. Like, I mean, you should already like I I think more and more we need to be. Um, you know, hey, hang on a second. Well, well, let's think about this a little bit deeper, because I think that it, it's too easy just with the busyness of everyday life to uh, uh, to to keep on going. It's it's too easy just to kind of breeze past things and not ask for the context or be like, why why are you trying to make me feel this way or what's the story you know behind that? So I'll always always look deeper, and I could hammer that more and more. But basically, 
um, you know, it's important just to stop and think and to say, is it all bad? Is it all good? You know, that, 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 that kind of thing. So, yeah, so this pastor in, uh, in a Methodist church uh, decided to say, hey, you know, let's just, uh, you know, see how this works out. Well, the good news is, he said, let's never do that again. Let's never do that again. So he said uh, it did some really interesting things. Uh, and uh, ChatGPT, this AI service where you can give it prompts and it would, you know, pump something out. Uh, it did identify for Christians that truth isn't an opinion; it is a person. So Jesus is the truth, which, which, which is good. Um, and the pastor says this. I think it's an important quote too. You can say, "Oh, it's a Methodist pastor. Of course, he's going to, you know, do this and that." And of course, you know, you really should be aware of the schisms between the, the more liberal and. Uh, and uh, conservative versions of the of the Methodist Church. So this pastor said this. You know, we didn't enter into it lightly. Some people said the Holy Spirit cannot be present in a service like that. Uh, I have to think about that one. Some people said the Holy Spirit cannot be present in a service like that. That scripture cannot be, you know, spirit-led. And so this was an unorthodox, <laughs> I would say so, this was an unorthodox service to say the least. It wasn't our intention anyway to disrespect the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, it's an experiment. It's kind of interesting. It sounds like more of like a youth group thing, not like, hey, let's go to a church and have a computer preach to us. But uh, that is that, and at least he said he'll never do it again. But it's certainly not going to be the last of what we see when it comes with uh, AI and its role within the church and in religion. And I think that um, it's easy to say, no, throw it out. But, you know, there are there are some good things. I just think that when it begins to go down a pathway of, of allowing, you know, artificial intelligence to think for us, um, I, okay, no, I'm going to use my brain. Uh, but I think that there is a tool there in terms of, you know, having artificial intelligence, you know, do research because we use Google. So I would say if it can enhance the already existing things that we use it for and you, it doesn't like take away from the human element of creating something or or, you know, in this case, in this case, you know, preaching something. So it's very important to make sure that uh, that you're aware of that and aware of the technology and don't uh, don't uh, shy away from learning more about it or even using it in the appropriate context. Um, I, I do like to, you know, when I when I'm filling in for Bruce, I do like to end things on a on a high note. And I found this, and I, I, it's not all downbeat. Like I hope you wouldn't listen to this show and think it's all downbeat because you know I, I try not to make it that way. But at least on a fun note, so I found this list: the most popular Halloween candies according to Instacart. This is an online shopping outlet. Uh, Starburst, number ten, nine Kit Kat, eight Candy Corn, number seven Sour Patch Kids of the most popular Halloween candies. Hershey's Milk Chocolate Twizzlers, Tootsie Pops, M&M's, Peanut M&M's, and the number one most selling candy, according to Instacart, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. You know what's missing? Snickers. No love for Snickers. Now that's something to get angry about. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Vince Tornado, it's been a pleasure sitting in for the great Bruce Hooley here on the mighty 98.9 FM, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.